Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, to Neos Olympus, which means the new Olympus, 
And uh, um, we are going to be on our new show, which is called The Age of Heroes, focusing more on all the things that Starfleet clubs do. Uh, but we're starting here today. This is our first uh, run. So welcome, awesome. Ambassador Bob Bossler of the USS Challenger. Admiral uh, in District 7 of Starfleet International. Thank you very much. I like being an ambassador. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> your, ship, your ship does wonderful things. What are some of the wonderful things your ship is doing and has done? Well, I'll, I'll dip back into the past because um, uh, on Saturday, uh, I'll have a little nostalgia because in my work capacity, I'll once again be covering the polar bear plunge, which unfortunately means awesome. I can't go to Farfleet, but it does mean that I'll be uh, reacquainted with all those wonderful people that uh, go in and uh, uh, dive in or jump in or run into ice cold water um, in, in the ocean in uh, Seaside Heights, uh, something that my crew and I did for 10 years, the polar bear plunge. Awesome. Um, to raise money for the special, the cause of Special Olympics. And we did it um, originally back in the early 2000s or late 90s, um, multi-chapters and, 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 uh, off the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. And we had a great time. That first year uh, was a, a very warm year, so we, we ran in and we even went back out. And it was like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> so we did it again the next year. Next year, they had to break, literally break the ice on the Chesapeake Bay, and we started, we were standing around in heavy coats, you know, with the bathing suits underneath, thinking, um, what did we do, you know? <laughs> so, then Challenger started to uh, do it more locally uh, during the third year, thinking that we were spending so much t money on the rooms and everything, as much fun as we had, we thought, well, you know, we could put that money towards the very charity, you know, uh, in addition to the money that we had collected, uh, we could save some of that money and put it into the charity that we're, you know, uh, hoping to help. So we did that. And then after a few years, we thought, well, you know, it's getting a little much, uh, maybe we should stop, you know. And then we got a new member who said, Oh no no no! I'm going to make costumes for us. We're we're not just going to jump into the water. We're going to be, um, you know, we're going to have a theme every year. So he brought new life to it. And the first year that he came into the into into it, we had uh, Trek um, Trek Rock. We were a combination of Star Trek and the Flintstones. And I even <laughs> still have the costume and the, the, the grand poobah the Grand Cuba hat, just like Fred Flintstone. And um, That's funny. we had a lot of fun with that. The next year, uh, we decided, well, uh, actually, I should say our, our person, Patrick Barnes, set, uh, decided our theme and said, um, this year we're going to be silly superheroes. So okay. we had Soup, Soup Man. We had, and I, was, I still have this costume, uh, of course, too, uh, I was Captain Corn Fusion uh, <laughs> with a bucket. Uh, uh, Patrick was incredibly creative. He would go and get this stuff from the dollar store 
and somehow just like like a MacGyver uh, turned tailor would turn it into costumes. So we would throw a few bucks at him, and he would just create these incredible costumes. And the corn fusion costume was – I had a, a bucket helmet, but it was, you know, uh, he painted it green, and I had yellow and, and green outfit with a big corn cob on it. Uh, it was amazing. And we had uh, Soupman, Captain Corn Fusion, and I forgot what he was. Um, but he was something incredible. So and then the next year we were um, we were just plain nuts. And what I mean by that is that we dressed up in cr- totally crazy outfits. He was in a, in a tutu. um you know, it was just like, you know, we were like in, you know, because you had to be crazy to be jumping into the ocean in, in this weather, you know, in February anyway. I mean, we're lucky this year. It's a pretty mild, you know, uh, year. But, uh, you know, in years past, it was it was pretty cold. So, um, and I think our last year we did, uh, oh, we did uh, Three Musketeers. Um, mm-hmm. Although there were four of us. But, uh, you know, we, we had these big floppy hats and feathers and, and, uh, you know, and I think he got some kind of cheapo swords and stuff like that. Um, and many people do this for the polar bear punch. They dress up in, in, in wild outfits. So um, I think the last one we did was the board. We were, and actually those were so good that we were like, um, we kept them for, you know, use at conventions and stuff. So, but then, that unfortunately. Is, awesome. <laughs> Um, and we're going to move to Maria now. Assure a wonderful letter. Hey, how's and, uh, it going? Maria, if you want to read that, that would be awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, so, like, the Stella Parada, we um, do, like, a, a variety of different, um, you know, events, because uh, we used to be the Inferno, but then we switched our name over to Stella Parada. So, like, when we were the Inferno, just to give you some back history, we would do, like, cancer walks and, you know, and, like, raise money for that. But then um, now, like, as a celebrata, um, we recently, like, in November, we did we uh, collected food for the Greater Community Food Bank. And uh, we collected a lot of food. We filled up the bin all the way up, pretty much all the way up, uh, to collect food bank. And um, currently, uh, what we're going to be doing at Three Rivers Con, um, it is, this is a local con that's going to be on May 30th to May 31st at the David Lawrence Convention Center. And what we're going to be doing is raising money for a, a, an organization called Extra Life. And Extra Life okay. is a, is a, um, is a, a uh, organization where it gets gamers together. So, like, now it's the gaming community raising money up for the, cheer, the Children's Miracle Network. And so, like, for this time, we are going to be raising money for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Children's Hospital right here in Pittsburgh. So, like, all the money is going, like, locally uh, to, to, to the local children's hospital. And uh, we're, we're super excited for this opportunity because uh, it's going to be right in downtown Pittsburgh um, and, like, just, just trying to help out, like, you know, the local kids, you know, like, whoever's, like, you know, hurt or whatever, you know, like, what so that's what we're we're looking to do like right now but like this is one thing i wanted to touch base about starkly international is that it allows the opportunity for these type of things to use their fandom and use it for positive 
You know, like you get you get yeah. together with a group of people, and then you you're able to like make a positive impact on like uh, in your local community while having fun at the same time. You know, and so like that's, and that's I, I just thing. wanted to share that you know about 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 the the positive of like these fandom groups. And uh, oh, where yeah. can you be uh, dressing up like the Flintstones and going into outer space? <laughs> right. Oh. right exactly. and, and what's, what's really cool, too, is that, um, you know, each chapter, well, I won't say each chapter, but most chapters do, uh, like uh, Maria was saying, you know, uh, uh, you know their own local uh, special charity cause. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are opportunities, uh, you know, as our region, and we're the seventh fleet, we're, the reg- we're region seven, um, we pick every year our, cha- you know, in, in cooperation and coordination with our, our charity officer, Beryl Washington, um, a regional charity that, that people can also, uh, you, know, volunteer, you know, voluntarily um, contribute to or, or help. And this year is the Cup of Cup of Joe for a Joe. And that's a, um, a thing of green beans, coffee. Um, and, uh, and, and that we basically, uh, sponsor a thing of coffee and that's, it's sent out and, uh, you know, it, it raises money, uh, with right. I'm sorry, my TV actually just turned on for ah. no apparent reason. That was weird. Okay. Um, so, um, that's our, our regional uh, uh, thing this year uh, because it helps um, our service members um, in 30 different locations on, on military bases in the Middle East, mm-hmm. in North Africa, and Southeast Asia. So, and it's only, you know, it's like five bucks a month, uh, but it does a lot of good. Uh, and, and that's our our regional uh, charity um, this year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're out of time because we have our next ambassadors to pull forth, but thank you for all the service that okay. you provided to our communities. You guys are awesome. Okay. And can I just do provide the website be... for Extra Life? Sure. Is that possible? Okay. Yes. All right. For Extra Life, it is extralife.com. And for Three Rivers Con, it is Three Rivers Comic Con. Dot com to find out more information. Awesome. Please feel free to share those on right. my timeline uh, as well oh, under I the will. description for the yeah. show. Okay. And uh, Bob, uh, how can people tap into what you're doing? I'm sorry? How can people explore and get involved with what you're doing? Um, well, the regional charity is called greenbeanscoffee.com, and they can get uh, more information on that. And, of course, uh, as far as just regular activities, um, we're at uh, USSChallenger.org, and we have a Facebook page. So, you know, and, of course, Starfleet Region 7, uh, we have a Facebook page, and region7.com is our website. Incredibly awesome. And uh, thank you very much. And uh, I'm looking forward to the growth and development of your show. Once our next show, The Age of Heroes, takes off, there'll be more room so we can expand the time uh, from 40 minutes to an hour again. Cool. Excellent. 
Okay. Be well, joyous journeys, and amazing adventures. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Be well. Bye-bye. 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 Our next ambassadors are from the USS Odyssey, and it's Katresha Stardancer and Admiral Brian Chandler. Greetings and welcome. Hi, Hercules. Greetings. Hi, how are you? Greetings. Now, as I stated before with uh, Bob and Maria, um, one of the great things about the uh, Star Trek and other fandom groups is that in addition to celebrating their favorite modern mythology and getting involved in activities related to that mythology, uh, they also do things in the quote-unquote real world that everybody else uh, lives in uh, to try to improve uh, the world that we all live in. So you guys have been around for quite a while, and now you're active again. What type of things has the Odyssey done in the past? Well, we've actually put on ourselves two Star Trek conventions here locally in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, We've also done movie premieres. We've done events for local children's charities, the Children's Hospital, um, you know, various things of that nature. Okay. And also, uh, when Brian first opened his store, we had the group come out for a free comic book day to encourage kids to, well, not only the people to rediscover comics, but also to read, start reading or learn or read better. And we used to take the comics down to local schools and and take them to the kids, or we would take them down to uh, the local recruiting stations and send off to um, Afghanistan and Iraq and everywhere like that. Oh, awesome. So you're focused uh, a great deal on literacy. That was my focus for very many years in uh, Pennsylvania as well. And I believe uh, that's how we first uh, connected, through Bookmooch, I believe. I think that was. Yes, yes. So our love of literacy and our wanting to make the world a more literate place uh, uh, connected us and started these uh, adventures, and that's awesome. Um, now that you guys are starting again, are you going to continue with literacy or are you going to focus on other areas? We're always going to keep on with literacy, um, getting people to read more, getting kids to read more, expand their minds, open their minds, ask questions. Because um, I think that was the biggest thing about uh, Gene Roddenberry is always asking questions. Never be afraid to ask questions. You may never, you may get a completely different answer for what uh-huh. you were looking into. And, um, oh, geez, my mind just went blank. Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, short Star notice. Trek has never so... been one. To... <laughs> oh, Star Trek has never been a show to actually shy away from difficult questions. No, um, it never. You know, it's, yeah, it's always been the, why are we here? Why do we do this? Why does this happen like it does? You know, big question. Well, most certainly so, and it reflects uh, what's going on in the popular culture. And because it's been science fiction, it's been able to tackle a lot of those difficult uh, questions and have people look beyond their prejudices, uh, you know, to look at it from a perspective they might not currently share. Modern social commentary cloaked in science fiction, I believe is how Gene said it. Yes. Now, 
I want to tackle those things in our creative endeavors uh, as well. Well, that would be uh, the hope. And, um, <laughs> like you were starting up with us and uh, Simbaka with the um, adventures that we were going to be writing about and putting together for a book. I still, I still keep thinking about that, saying, okay, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do here? Is the um, what, what did you say, Brian? The, the thing always fails in engineering. Oh, the starboard power. Yes, coupling. is the starboard power coupling going to make it through this episode? <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And we're going to be doing well, thank too. you. I'll be around the ten too. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Um, and uh, you guys had fun at the conventions also, and uh, um, you also w- were very loose in um, what science fiction you allowed. You also were very eclectic in your science fiction as well, if I remember correctly. Yes, we were. We could, you know, loosely defined, we were a Trek group, quote unquote, but we were also okay. any kind of science fiction that people wanted to bring in, whether it was. Track or Babylon 5 or Battlestar Galactica or Firefly. Firefly or pretty much anything. As long as everybody was there having fun and enjoying themselves, that was what counted. And how would people get involved with uh, the USS Odyssey? Like if they wanted to be, uh, if they live in Florida and they want to be part of the group, what would they do? Well, we have a Facebook page. If you search for uh Starship USS Odyssey, that's us. So they can either do that or message me personally or through the store. There's any number of ways to get in touch with us. And are you putting together the Odyssey as a festival again, or will it be something that will exist mostly in uh, the activities? We're trying to get things back together. A lot of our groups, people have either – moved away or real life has interfered. A few of them have passed away. So it's just a matter of, you know, to, to use a cliche, getting the band back together. So we're working <laughs> That's on been it. Used, uh, a number of times. As you know, because you're there, um, I restarted our old Klingon group from days of yore. Uh, and it hasn't really been around since the late nineties. Uh, so we're getting the, the people back together, and a few of them have referred to it, to it as getting the band uh, back together. I really don't know in terms of the Theldazir what we're going to be doing or not. Right now it's just getting together and see where they are and celebrate our past uh, adventures. Uh, but Neos Olympus, which is how this uh, whole uh, fandom thing started uh, way back in the day, that's around, and that's establishing itself. We will be operating uh, through that. So I'm very honored to invite you both as official ambassadors um, to Neosolimbus, which means the New Olympus, and also to the Theldazir, uh, which is kind of like a theocratic, mythical Klingon <laughs> kingdom uh, uh, hidden from uh, the rest of the Empire. Awesome. Gratefully accepted. Honored to be Thank here. You. Thank you very much. Um, are there any last words you would care to leave uh, for people who, um, again, are thinking of exploring fandom in general? Basically, if fandom is your thing and 
it's something that you enjoy, by all means, get into it. The real world is kind of dark and gloomy, but with fandom, you can go out and be yourself, have a good time, help other people, and just generally be part of a community that helps each other. Very well said and powerfully so. Um, Tina? Yes, sir. Do you have anything you'd like to leave people with? Um, just basically what Brian said. I'm sitting here shocked. I'm like, wow, depths of eloquence at this time of night. <laughs> and, a le- and a little notice, too. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to Neo Solimbos and the Feldazir, and I'm really looking forward to all our future adventures. In the words of Klingon, Kapla. Kapla. <laughs> and now we have Thomas Ponton, who is also Simbaka Rifikin of the Pride Landian Empire. Greetings and welcome, Simbaka. Greetings, dear Hercules. I hope your day finds you well. My day finds me very well. I hope your day finds you well as well. <laughs> oh, yes, another day in the court, but oh, another day in the kingdom, of course. <laughs> well, I, because you are the king of the Pride Lantian uh, Empire, um, the title of ambassador will not do. So I will have to recognize you. Um, in terms of your aristocratic title and bearing. So I will have a special title for you that will reflect that. And I welcome you to Neo Solimbos and the Theldazir. Well, it's a great honor and a pleasure. I do sometimes have to be the ambassador, but whatever title you fit is best, I will recognize it as it is. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to all our future uh, adventures together. Now, you are an individual who is involved with very many things, and they are all connected to somebody who basically uh, understands uh, mythic spirituality, but to many people, they don't appear connected. And a lot of your time is spent helping other people. That's a way of life for you. So can you share some of the um, things you've done for people uh, in the capacity of Zimbaka Rifikin? Well, yes. I mean, there's, there's always a model that is in the kingdom that's called, there's always work in the, the Pride Landian Empire, or PLE as we say for short. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, the big, I mean, the Klingon Empire has been one of our biggest allies, of course. I mean, where the Klingon Empire sees this of the model of honor, we see that of justice seeing that what wrongs have been made right, to see what is properly be done, that if there's been harm that's caused, that we write what is done properly. And as for the fact that I'm also a venter, that I also try to do what's best for the kingdom to help prosper. I mean, we might be just a one-world kingdom, but we do what the best we can. Mm-hmm. And so like, for the, so, like, for the Klingon Empire, we always, you know, you know offer trades of, you know, proper technologies and all that. I mean, the, 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 our major ship, the Lionheart, was actually a, a cruiser ship that actually the Klingon Empire actually helped build. And it's been quite a blessing to reach out there. I mean, it's helped, it's helped making relations to many of the different kingdoms and empires across the galaxy. Are you in contact with Starfleet and Klingon groups out by you? 
I have recently uh, got to uh, be part of the one uh, uh, federation group that was at ValleyCon here this last fall, and I, the name escapes me out of the hand, but they were an interesting group to talk to. If you'd like to involve them in our grand adventure, uh, that would be uh, awesome. Uh, you, uh, you can invite them to participate. If they'd like to, they'd be welcome. If they don't want to, that's fine as well. They'll be part of your private uh, adventuring beyond uh, what we're trying to do uh, collectively. And how about Klingons? Are, are there any Klingons up at you at the present time? Not in person, no, unfortunately not. I mean, one might... My dear friends, her name is Nuncha, uh, a Klingon friend of mine that I've known for many years. Uh, she has a podcast now called Nutty Bites, but she's been also role, that I've, I've role-played with for many years and has been considered a, a dear friend, of course. Oh, that is awesome. I came up with a title for you. It's one of the old oh, titles used uh, during the days of the Kanigo Alliance, and uh, that was the title of Archon which uh, it means leader in ancient uh, Greek. So you would be an archon, and with you I will reestate the Kanigo alliance. Kanigo means a chaser or a hunter. And uh, because we were noble warriors, you know, we uh, had that uh, uh, mentality as we went out to protect, as a predator protects. Yes, the archives. I see. I'm also kind of a bit of an Earth history buff, so I've heard about that. So that is an honor and pleasure that I could be called that. Thank you very much. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. And again, I've been trying to. Uh, I'm sharing in the Feldazir group now for the first time, perhaps everything that went on behind the scenes, behind uh, be, you know, in back of certain things that happened over the years, and how they're all connected uh, to each other. And I'm in my 60s now, so if I'm not going to tell the story now, when am I going to tell the story? So uh, uh, I'm sharing a lot of that, and uh, uh, so it'll make more sense, uh, too, after I get all that information out. But Archon is a very high title. Well, that's quite an honor to have such a high title indeed on that. I mean, I've just been seeing, seeing a lot of your friends in your group and all that, and it's so it's interesting how much of a bond you guys have. It relates to our my little group, which is called uh, the Star Trek Nexus group, which is a reference to uh, the old Star Trek roleplay room. It was called the Nexus Bar because Star Trek Generations uh-huh. was the most recent Star Trek movie at the time. So that's the, our little group that we have that we formed on Facebook where we just talk about Star Trek and old memories of what we roleplayed many, year, many years ago. Oh, that is awesome. So, see, oh, oh, so yeah. So, see, we yeah, so seeing your guys' posts and how you guys get back together again, that's it. It, it kind of almost just a tear to my eye in a sense. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like the third wheel, but I have to know all of them very soon. Oh, you're not the third wheel, not uh, at all. What do you call it? You are uh, an adventurer and you're an archon. So uh, um, we're, we're all going to be equal under this uh, structure. A lot of the hierarchy that existed uh, among Klingons is no longer relevant to what we're doing. So uh, it might be there as part of the unfolding tale, but it's not going to be there in actuality. Well, that's quite good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You are also someone who, like me, follows a mythic spirituality. And like me, you weave your mythic spirituality into your creative uh, endeavors. 
How much of your mythic spirituality went into uh, Zimbaka and the Pridelandian Empire? I know your it totem did for, is there. Yes, and I mean, it does kind of relate to it. Um, one of the biggest religions in Pridelandia is called Narniaism, um, okay. based upon like the Chronicles of Narnia. The belief is basically that Pridelandia, it was the new Narnia that Aslan had created when he destroyed the old one in the last battle. And the people okay. of Pridelandia are the descendants of that cataclysm. Oh, that is awesome. You've spoken of this before, but it, it's awesome uh, that uh, you've uh, taken those tales and you've given them new life. It's like a, a fresh uh, uh, branch springing from uh, the tree uh, and continuing the tradition. Exactly. Although, to, for the record, that Wiccan paganism does come up a good close second of of some good <laughs> good uh, temples as well. Now, on our new show, which will most likely be on HD radio, uh, and which will most likely be happening by the end of the first uh, quarter of this year, by the end of March, um, the show is going to be called The Age of Heroes. And I'm going to have segments devoted to different... Uh, um, types of uh, organizations, including uh, fan organizations. So um, I'm going to be at some point inviting you to be a guest on that and uh, to talk about the things that you spoke about uh, today in terms of uh, a bunch of people who are into science fiction, uh, forming an organization, and then through that organization, not only uh, honoring their uh, science fiction and fantasy roots and celebrating them, uh, but also doing something that needs to be done in the world for everybody, regardless of whether they're Star Trek fans uh, or not. So this is what I'll be celebrating. And uh, initially, once a month, I'll be focusing on uh, Star Trek, because this will be a weekly two-hour show. Uh, so uh, one of those shows, or half of one of those shows, will be devoted to uh, Star Trek, and the other shows will explore other groups. So uh, I'm, I'm very honored to invite you to be part of that. Um, and uh, I'm really glad that uh, we're finally getting the opportunity to adventure together. Uh, I know we both uh, got very busy and it's been uh, catch as catch can, uh, but I'm really glad that we're working together steadily now. I'm very honored to be part of this. And it's, it's great, to, great to be part of this storytelling because if it's interesting with all the years of role playing and all that, it feels like it's like that book that will never finish. That you always have that next right. chapter to write, and, and that's what it is. It's a, it's a story. Like uh, um, my role playing that I do at the libraries, um, it's a continuation of a story that started in the 1970s with the birth of the role playing game era. And uh, it was uh, kind of infrequent until Tunnels and Trolls came out. Uh, it was the second role-playing game to come out. And that one, it was easier for me to figure out and use. Uh, so uh, that's how it all uh, started. But this story has been evolving. Uh, we had our crisis of infinite Earths called the Time Wars, where all these different timelines collapsed. And we got a chance to kind of start the story over again. And in a way, this, all this is part of starting that story uh, over again. Uh, it's kind of like our Picard, I guess. Yeah, that, that's pretty neat. And Picard is wonderful, by the way, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it. 
I'm, I'm waiting to see it. Um, how can people tap into what you're doing and how can they become part of the Pride Lambdine Empire or any of the wonderful things you're currently doing? Well, they can reach me by email, uh, TomWaterWitch at live.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Simbaka, S-I-M-B-A-K-A, Rafikin, R-A-F-I-K-I-N, on Facebook. And that's, and that's how I can get touch the, the Pride Landian Empire. And, and also, I, if you also send a request, I'm also sometimes on Star Trek Online as too, and I can always go on a mission to help you out, too. And the Lionheart will be there to back you up. That is awesome. And at the very least, uh, just like I had the ancient Greek role-playing game on Facebook, uh, I will start one as soon as uh, we know who's on board and how many people want to do a role-play. I'll open one up there to continue our adventures in that universe as well. That sounds quite exciting. Be well, my friend, and thank you very much. Take care, Hercules. Thank you very much. Okay, you too. And thanks to all who've been with us for this momentous occasion. We have emissaries, we have ambassadors, and we have an archon. Uh, And now we will take a brief break uh, with Dave the Bard's The Cauldron Born, which is about transformation and renewal. And then we will return with Eye on Northern New Jersey with the legendary Bill Waitman. Take care, Thomas. Take care. and say 
Greetings and welcome back to the Elysium Project. Our previous segment was something different, and eventually uh, it will be part of our new The Age of Heroes shows on HD Radio, which will most likely be beginning uh, by the end of this quarter. Our next segment is Eye on Northern New Jersey with the legendary Bill Waitman, uh, and Bill has uh, a lot to share with us. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? How you doing, Hercules? I'm doing great. It's been, it's been phenomenally I, busy and creatively satisfying. <laughs> I, I listened to the last 15 minutes. I uh, I went to an historical thing in um, in Bergen County. I've been following, and they're, they're working their way up to you. Your town probably was included, or your library will be included. Uh, tonight okay. it was uh, Leonia. Last week it was my hometown of Richfield talking about uh, they focused on a man from the American Revolution who was with Alexander Hamilton, but became the most impressive map maker I've ever heard of. And his maps still hold up today. If you can find, you know, uh, roads and places and things, uh, just an incredible guy um, from up by uh, where they laid the chains from in the Hudson uh, near me. Uh, God, I'm forgetting the, uh, the town, but uh, at one point that town up by Sussex, uh, um, they had forges and everything up there, and uh, he was English, and uh, uh, it was incredible hearing his story. Last week, it was a different kind of story, and uh, it'll be a different story every time, but it was interesting. Um, I had fun, and <laughs> I raced like crazy, <laughs> like uh, Mercury, <laughs> I guess would be the best. I drove a car all over Route 80 with my wife because I couldn't get out of there. <laughs> they went, people were giving away plates and everything, uh, plates of uh, an historic church in that town, uh, a reformed church, but a really beautiful structure. And it was in that meeting. I guess I got stood up by the attorney general's office. Tell me, uh, tell me it ain't so. How did that happen? I called them this afternoon. I told them about the project that I was working on, which is red flag laws. I, uh, and right. uh, they said send a member of the pre- of their press corps to come on. Uh, I didn't think I'd get the attorney general. The attorney general lives uh, in our area. I think he was the attorney general. He was something in uh, Hackensack, closer to uh, you than, uh, well, not far of miles. And uh, he's Indian, and uh, he's a great guy. Uh, but I didn't think I'd get him. But I thought I would get a member of their press. Uh, which didn't. Uh, Diane tonight, um, she's an excellent person. She rounded yeah. up two people. I don't know if they're coming on. I, I hope they would come on uh, because the meeting tonight in Sussex County was, um, it's, it's about that issue. And it's getting out of hand. Uh, these red flag, let me explain what the red flag laws are if, to listeners okay. and to yourself. I sent you the information. Basically, uh, Trump didn't live up to any of his promises on guns. You know that. Uh, he kept saying he was going to do this and do that and, uh, uh, you know, large guns, uh, offensive weapons are still allowed. But in Sussex County, uh, it's hard to believe that the legislators would be pushing uh, red flag laws. Red flag laws, amongst everything, is it gives the right to either family members 
for the police to go to court to get an injunction to temporarily, I'm using the word temporarily, uh, rarely, to seize guns of somebody who's showing a history of using them. Let me stop one second from, uh, from that. Uh, Parkland, you remember the shooting there? Parkland. Yes, there, there, right? uh, um, and in Walmart uh, on the border in Texas, uh, where people were shot at, at random. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Trump promised so much, and this is not just an attack on uh, Trump, but one of the things these red flags are, and there's about 34, 35 states now, I don't think Trump has, uh, is going to let it go out of Congress. The House has voted on it, but we're that has these laws, as does our neighbor New York, and the idea is, again, to protect the community. The community, the families, the police, because police get shot, as was the case in Jersey City, uh, you know, uh, well, I guess about a month and a half back when somebody opened up fire, A, at a, a Jersey City cop, and for some reason opened up on a Jewish grocery store. And uh, it may have been hate of Jews, but I think most of the people working there were probably Hispanic. That doesn't make it right, but it certainly makes it wrong. For both reasons, you're not allowed to shoot Jewish people, and you shouldn't be shooting Mexican or Puerto Rican or whatever the ethnic group was. Are you we shouldn't in a, a, <laughs> You know, I, I, um, I, I think I've told you myself that uh, my brother shot me with a shotgun. Now, no, man, I, I don't, I don't I, remember that story. I would have remembered that. <laughs> you would have if I told you. But uh, we had a, uh, I was going up to our bedroom. I shared a bedroom with my brother. He was on a couch with a shotgun. Uh, the pellets, some of the pellets hit me. Hit me. I had to get them out of uh, my uh, skin. Uh, I had to go to the hospital, take them out. Uh, lucky I had a masonry wall between me and him. Now, he shouldn't have been cleaning the gun or whatever. Check, check to get the bullets out of the gun, you know, shotgun shell. I, I don't know, Hercules, maybe three, four inches in length, uh, full of pellets that are meant to either hurt or kill, uh, a widespread pattern. I don't know why, uh, you know, people hunt with shotguns. because I don't know how you would eat the food, but um, he shot me. He claimed he was, uh, uh, it was an accident. I'll take him at that. But he was always crazy with guns, you know, and... Uh, you know, twirling him and everything else. And I don't want to put a black mark on him. I'm, maybe that was just his youth. But it hurts to get shot in that way. Oh, <laughs> believe, me, believe me, if it was uh, my uh, shoulder or and part of my skin, I may not, I don't remember the details. I don't know if I had an undershirt on or anything like that. But I, I did get shot. I have no scars to show for it. I was lucky. But a lot of these things, and the thing about Parkland, uh, that school in Florida, there's been 3,500 attempts to attack that school since that shootout. You remember the president was crazy that to, to get this all settled. He was going to go to the NRA and demand it, and the students were all over the country, and uh, they were showing uh, an interest themselves way beyond the years that this has to go. And uh, mm-hmm. this is an issue that, you know, uh, I, uh, I I'm not against hunting. Take me straight at that, but I um, they made a big deal. Well, you know, I I have run with bears. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to tell you to do that, <laughs> but if I 
I had a bear run uh, up from uh, our lake, which is under Sparta Mountain, which is being okay. under attack now by a bird group, uh, the Audubon Society, which is, again, lumbering. And I don't know why they do lumber, because I think birds belong up there. And the DEP, which just cleaned our lake, and for 10 years we've been paying, you know, money to, uh, uh, to, to pay them back. And they're, they're uh-huh. allowing – they're now freeze down with the Audubon Society – and I don't think that's uh, – first of all, I love birds. I, I love seeing them, exotic birds. I don't know what this is. It's, strangely, I don't think it's totally uh, aligned with the overall Audubon Society, which, you know, if you join them, they send you beautiful pictures of birds. I'd rather not kill people. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm a little ways from uh, being a vegetarian, but I, I only eat uh, chicken and fish, and, um, and uh, I, I think I could give it up at any time. But um, okay. this is yeah, uh, uh, people in Sussex County, and um, they have towns now voting on these things. I don't know what, what uh, legal effect they have. That's why I thought the attorney general's office would, would pull in. But um, there's always a, a talk of somebody shooting somebody in a car. Uh, it's like Dodge City up there. You know, when you have hunters, you're amazed because – it's not that much land left to hunt on. You're not supposed right. to hunt on farms. And sometimes people go out and sh- hunt on farms. Uh, sometimes they shoot across highways. Well, I couldn't understand one thing, and I'm getting off track. But they, this week uh, in Morris County, it was more than one hunter. They shot a 750-pound bear, the largest bear ever recorded to be killed in the, uh, you know, the 48 states. And I'm just wondering, why did a whole bunch of people have to shoot at that bear? Is that necessary? Uh, you know, what, what, I, I'm thinking that um, I think the governor left us to strive because he was going to cut down on these bear hunts. And people get shot in these bear hunts. And they shoot yeah, into yeah. houses and barns. They kill cows. You know, uh, uh, you know uh, I got to tell you that uh, where I live, uh, Sparta Mountain and the other areas up there, the bears come down, they walk around our lake or they swim it. We, uh, you know, we have um, something like clams in the water. They sit on the beach and you see them opening up a clam shell or whatever it is, yeah. uh, some kind of freshwater uh, thing. And they're, they're scary to look at, but if you stand your ground, you stay away, don't run towards them. I ran with them because uh, I had a he knocked my garbage down. He hid on me below, uh, on the other on the other side of the road. And when I picked up grapefruit on a snow shovel, he jumped up and took the grapefruit. So I just ran, and uh, I dropped the shovels, and I kept going. And he just looked at me once, and it looked like he had a smile. He was about 500 pounds, and he just kept running. I have a dirt road uh, that really is mine, but the mm-hmm. animal ran all the way and probably ran into Newark Watershed, and they maybe took a trip, a trip down to Bergen or uh, uh, in your area sometimes I read of bears down there. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it in my town, Richfield, which is wall-to-wall buildings where we used to have a bar uh, at the top of what um, uh, it was on Edgewater Avenue, which is a big road in Richfield, and uh, the construction was all there. They knocked down an historic bar and you know, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of things from the movie industry that carried over from Fort Lee. 
But I turned around at uh, 4 in the afternoon. Two deer, two deer on the cliffside Richfield border, which is a heavily populated area. <laughs> There's absolutely no woods left. Uh, as a boy, I used to go to a place in Palisade Park called Flat Flat Rock, which okay. we hung out in. It was it was fun. We, we might lie on the cliffs, uh, you know, the mountain, whatever is the terrain, and put our foot in the water, which was at our end of the uh, stream was Wolf Creek. Uh, there must have been wolves there when I was before I was born. But anyway, I, I'm really bothered about that. Uh, and my second issue is um, I was a criminologist. One of my master's degrees, my right. doctoral studies, uh, was in criminology as a major at one or two of the institutions. And um, you know, reversed uh, as a as a, a second major uh, as well. And um, I did crime reports in, in the in the 60s. I was on the uh, challenge of crime in a oh god, a challenge of crime in a in a in an urban and suburban area, uh, which was a big study after the uh, the Kennedy assassination when they put one out there, the Warner report. Um, but here's the thing, and stuff. They have a prison. And now they're claiming not only that they, 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 the gun issue is important, and uh, I think two people might have talked to you tonight too, but they um, they decided to transfer all the prisoners, you know, from the jail to arrest migrant migrant labor, uh, maybe illegal aliens, uh, and uh-huh. put them in a the jail. Now, first of all, it's unfair. I think it's uh, against the Civil Rights Act of both prisoners and groups. First of all, a jail is not a long-term institution. And you're there, really. One of the main reasons to put you in a jail is not to put you in a prison and corrupt you more. I mean, to allow for uh, rehabilitation. Uh, right. One of, the, one of the negative qualities I see about the jail, uh, it's very still very punitive, less treatment than I thought. You might see them on the street, street and highways cleaning up trash. That seems like a good uh, point of time. They're always, uh, I mean, they have to wear the orange jumpsuit. I understand that. But they make other things stand out where, you know, people start uh, putting labels on them. Now, from the jail side, here's what bothers me. Um, okay. If you go to jail, if you or I wind up in jail, not in prison, I don't know what the situation, I do know about prisons, it might be the same thing. If you want a phone to use, they charge you $7 a minute. For a phone, so somebody that's a, you know, uh, that's really hard. That's harder than parents. It's also hard because they want to talk to their, you know, the uh, jail populations, mostly drugs, you know, selling or whatever. There are some hardcore people that stay in the jail until they're transferred to a prison. Um, I've known the, uh, I've known the uh, uh, the sheriff of Sussex County in the past one. Well, this one I've known for almost 20 years. I knew him as a cop in Warren County. I thought he was a great guy. He jumped on the uh, Republican bandwagon to move these prisoners out. Uh, I don't know why we need a sheriff now. If you follow my drift, uh, they've all been transferred to uh, Morris, uh, Morris County or another county's uh, uh, jail system. That means unless the state steps up, or the federal government, and the state, I doubt, will step up because they don't see the need. We don't have that high of a migrant population in Sussex County because I used to serve uh, 
in Trenton. Uh, matter of fact, when I first met Hilda, I had to go down, and I know I've told you the story, the story over and over. Uh, she brought a uh, a brother with her. <laughs> it was the first first day, July July fourth, and uh, passed uh, way down in southern Jersey, and I had to wait, you know, for migrant workers, and they had a driver, and I had her there to translate. I was there to tell them about a, a, a legal decision that was passed in 1970 by an in-house judge called Judge Ritchie. Well, uh, they stopped their car and made them stop the car. The guy, uh, I'll call him a coyote. Uh, I think that's the proper term. He was getting a good share of their money. Uh, he was waving his bucket at me. And uh, I started to tell the, I had Hilda tell them their rights. And before I knew anything, they were already in the cranberry bog. So I, I told them about the near violence. I had to go to a trailer July 4th because uh, the Department of Labor had a lot of uh, migrant counselors and, and, uh, in the trailers offering opportunities like education for their children and for themselves um, and uh, other rights uh, on farms. They live sometimes in squalor. You know, uh, the, the homes or whatever they are, they're a little more than a chicken coop with maybe a few pieces of lumber around it. Uh, Sussex County doesn't really have that many migrant workers anymore. Yeah, there's Hispanics in the county. Uh, some of them are very successful. They've opened up, you know, Mexican restaurants with real Mexicans, not like, uh, what's that uh, chain? Um, it poses, it's a poser for bad Mexican food. I don't, uh, I don't know. We have, we have I, one I, Mexican I, restaurant uh, in uh, um, Bergenfield. Uh, and since we mm-hmm. found that restaurant, we haven't uh, gone to any other Mexican restaurant. <laughs> restaurant. So. <laughs> it's a chain. The one I'm talking about is a popular chain. I think it's owned by Pepsi Cola, you know, and uh, there's uh, there's about three or four in, uh, in Sussex County. Uh, we do yeah. have a growing population. Uh, okay. You know, they settle yeah. in the... What do you think of what's going on with ICE now? Because ICE is uh, going to sanctuary cities and sanctuary places. And Tenafly, where I live, declared itself a sanctuary city um, last yep. year, I believe. And I think your mayor is a Republican, so I'm going to slap him on the back twice uh, for good luck, good work and good luck. Yes, and cities like Dover, uh, Morris County, which has a large Hispanic population, has people from various churches stepping in. In your county, uh, 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 Jewish uh, Jewish organizations, Jewish synagogues, and Christian, yeah. uh, even Muslim, they booked Muslims. Uh, the Jewish community has stepped up and provided housing for Muslims. And I, I, I would give them a cheer for that, too. Uh, your county's way ahead of it. Uh, in our county, they're turning it into a, a, a bad joke. These people have risked their lives coming here, uh, coming across them, not we know it. You know it. They're not drug dealers. The drug dealers just get off a plane or off a boat, you know, into Cuba, uh, into Florida, uh, and they get away with it. Then uh, these people are coming with uh, children. You, we've heard of the instance where the father uh, brought his daughter and swam across the Rio Grande, and halfway, halfway over, he let her, left her to finish the distance. Then he went. Then she saw she was drowning, and he swam back to get her, but it was too late. They both drowned. It's uh, the waves, mm-hmm. you know, the riptide is bad. Uh, I am not in fan, uh, favor of that, this because, first of all, rep- uh, religion 
it's separated, you know, supposedly separated from the government. And I, I know in my wife's case, she was a teacher. Uh, she had parents in those, uh, uh, you know, um, in, in Central America, not so much Mexico. They walked up to the border, one parent or more. Uh, they had lost maybe a son or daughter to uh, drug gangs, which want to recruit them, or the loss of a father. They got him up there. Somebody met them at the border. There were churches like the, the Baptist Church, the Catholic Church, the Methodist, uh, maybe some Jewish synagogues. Um, I don't remember all the churches participated. But since this guy is coming to the White House, you know, I'm probably on a list. But I have never seen anybody do this kind of stuff, separate children, lock them in cages, uh, ice. I can't uh, – I'm. most of us are really troubled. You know, we're all looking for somebody. I'm not going to put you in. It's my own words. Remember, it's me saying this. We're looking for somebody to win this election. Have a fair and impartial policy, not labeling everybody from a war-torn country. Hercules, I got to tell you, and I I know I've told you before. I had a Uh crisis years ago at Fordham. I was going to go. I heard about a Catholic, it was a Catholic uh, church, a Catholic cardinal. I had a, I heard about a Catholic cardinal who was doing wonders with the poor uh, in here in El Salvador. Uh, he's just recently. This is this is 1980 or so. Um, I'm getting ready to go to El Salvador. My wife has a family in uh, in uh, Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. Um, they were telling me all lies about uh, that Trujillo, the dictator allowed sharks in the, in the water to kill swimmers. I thought that was a joke. But anyway, while I was there, the cardinal was shot in the front of the church Ooh. by uh, the military, uh, which served basically, uh, you know, 14 or 15 large-scale farmers uh, in, the re- in, in El Salvador and controlled the government. Our, our government was bringing some of these guys to the United States. I don't remember what administration was. In 1980, it could have been Reagan. But Reagan, if you really look at him, he was really decent towards uh, uh, immigrants. He, his last ever speech was in that tone. Uh, uh-huh. he, you know, he stepped, and he gave just before he stepped out of office, he said how much immigrants had lent to the United States and creation. In my life, I uh, I had the pleasure of working or visiting uh, in Newark, of all places, uh, the head of the Farm Workers Union. At the moment, I forgot his name, but his assistant was there, and she received an award, as did, um, oh, God, a famous Mexican singer who sang with Bob Dylan. Can you help me on that one? <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't work? know my musicians very well. I like music, but I never really followed music, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I just forgot her name. But she sang with Bob Dylan. She had a feud with him because he he went from uh, old, you know, regular guitars to electric guitar. Uh, and that happened at, a, you know, the folk concerts. The name will come to me later. But um, uh, these these guys shot that cardinal. I'm in Dominican Republic, ready to go there to do a thesis. Uh, you know, I had wow. a lot of my, I had a lot. Up, I was going, to, and it wasn't just the Catholic Church. There was Jewish organizations, uh, Baptist church members, um, Methodists, a whole slew of churches that decided 
to help the Native Americans more than anybody because the Native Americans wouldn't give you eye contact. They would get on their knees with, with ease. And it seemed that they were, it was working, that uh, uh, it was working that um, uh, the Native Americans were starting to take it serious and they were demanding their rights. And the Cardinal was one of the loudest of, of, among them. So they shot mm-hmm. him and killed yeah. him. And ironically, uh, the Pope that's in now, people, some people hate him and some love, uh, love him. But he was a, um, a conservative in, a, in the church in Argentina. Um, and uh, he had read and uh, met this Pope before he was shot. And it completely changed his mind on, on immigrants um, and, you know, the powers that they have. He's been a constant critic of the president, and the president's been a constant critic of him. But uh, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't do that study. I wasn't going to bring my wife there. Uh, we might go to Guatemala in the summer uh, to help a Korean church because she speaks Spanish, uh, and they want her to come, okay. and they want me to come. I don't know what I'll do, but uh, maybe I can teach them to cut a grapefruit or whatever to do something positive. But anyway, the other thing that's bothering me is this. Uh, so we have this reaction that uh, let's lock up the immigrants and check them out, uh, you know, all that. We have the, uh, the, the red, red laws, which are to give pa- uh, basically parents and the police some right to temporarily take those uh, guns away via a court motion. And uh, what okay. the... Uh, and, and we, you know, it, it seems from polls that everybody agrees, Republicans, Democrats, socialists, just about atheists, uh, because it's, it's uh, you know, the polls are in the majority. We have a president that doesn't move. We have a Congress that doesn't move. Uh, Democratic senators were afraid of losing. Uh, maybe they would get one or two people to, you know, come along with, uh, get people to come along with them. But we can't seem to get anything passed. And... Uh, we're throwing. We're going to start throwing those uh, with those. We're going to give these people back their guns if they get their way. That's why I called the uh, um, the attorney general's office. I thought he would follow up, but he didn't. But um, what happened? Uh, it has to happen because they're getting a lot of news, and I think there's other counties in the state doing it. Some of the deep southern counties, and uh, I don't think that's a good thing. If a guy had, and what they want to do is they're putting this on the books in each town. So they started with, first they started with people should have as many guns as they want. You know, and there's some legislation that your guns should be registered. And uh, again, this issue filters in about uh, uh, the the, gun, the uh, red flag gun issue because oh. people are dying every day to hear people getting shot. I mean, Walmart's running commercials on, on, on what happened to them on the Texas border. Every one of those high school kids that uh, were in the senior class, they're out now. They're, they're going someplace talking about this. Trump, in his wisdom, makes fun of a girl from Sweden. He did it the other day. This continues. Uh, she's talking about the environment. But just as well, yeah. because I'm sure Swedes are thinking about guns. And no European country has the problems we have as the magnitude of the problems we have. And we need to do something to stop this. I thought uh, I think the governor needs to take a stand 
He's got to get that crazy uh, secretary of state senator to step up because um, this has got to stop. Now, Southern Jersey, there are counties down there that will that'll be in favor of allowing people to have as many guns as they want, have uh, to avoid red flags, uh, try to pass uh, legislation to end red flag laws in New Jersey, which I don't think they can do. Uh, and uh, and locking up immigrants. Let me just, you know, what? How are we helping the immigrants by locking them up in a in a jail? In I don't know. It doesn't make any. They there still are farms that grow crops. There are no white or even probably black Americans that would want to work in the fields there or across the border in New York State. There's a place called the the Alamo that when they come into the you know our area. They stop at a place in New York State, and they get registered, and uh, they're taken to a Catholic church in uh, Vernon, and maybe some other, uh, there are other denominational churches uh, participating in that, giving them some housing, and uh, because we don't have housing on our farms anymore, so they got to wind up someplace, and uh, you know dairy farms that have need of uh, workers all year, they don't pay the highest wages. To, uh, right. You know when I ran for the assembly. One of my issues was, hey, Christian Gillibrand in New York State brought one yogurt company to upstate New York, then got some others, and then the farmers switched to, well, you know, they need they need uh, migrant workers. They switched to uh, doing all the duties with the cows, helping the yogurt uh, plants that were put there. And that those New York passed California, in you know, in dairy products. That's an amazing feat. She didn't do well in the, uh, uh, you know, these uh, primaries, but um, I think that was, you know, something to be to be proud of. I um, I always had uh, I've always had immigrants come into my office. Um, I've had Mexicans. We had a barber. My brother paid somebody to watch over me. If you watch one one over the cuckoo's nest. There was a, a Mexican American uh, Indian, a Native American, who would, who uh, in that movie walked out, took all the advice and just walked out of the the jail or the, the whatever it was that he was in. Um, the star of the movie died, and uh, that was his chance to get out. A little movie trivia, trivia. but I, okay. I think I want to. I, I just want to get to the point again. We're not. I know in Dover, you said Tenafly. Uh, I know in you know my hometowns. Um, uh, I grew up in Palisade Park, uh, one, of, one of the first places I lived. They were all Italians, and they were taking other. But they they took in my grandfather, took in two Germans. They were both brothers. One was uh, uh, in World War One was sent to be a carpenter, and the other one mm-hmm. was sent to the German. And uh, I knew these guys because we had a bar in 1970, uh, 77, uh-huh. and I had to give them, I was, uh, and they were telling me, uh, you know, they told me stories about living with my grandfather, who was a, uh, didn't speak much English, but he was tough. Uh, he had a, I don't know if you remember in your time in New York, he had a cart where when he wasn't running the bar, he would come around and sharpen scissors. Do you remember? Uh, they had horn, yes, little bells or something. Yeah. I remember that here in uh, America and also in Greece. In Greece, they used to do that. They used to sharpen the scissors. You could get ice for your ice box when ice boxes really had ice. Uh, you know, you could uh, 
uh, buy uh, all sorts of fruits and vegetables. I remember those days. And, and you know, it's it's remarkable because he can I um, he died in 1960. He came into the United States in 1895. Uh, the only uh, I'm only uh, he told me I hate Kennedy. <laughs> mm. Okay. I like. I I had met Kennedy in that uh, in Teaneck, uh, again just down the road from you, uh, Teaneck Armory. But um, yeah, people are shaping up all over the country. Uh, Trump is threatening to take away funding and everything else. But uh, you could coming into the country uh, doing the wrongs so are basically coming from um, by via plane, where there's really you know you can just walk through. I mean I. I cast a, a picture from Haiti, and they, I didn't know it, but inside it was a giant bug, and they they took the uh, they paint on potato sacks in Haiti, and uh, they took it out. That bug went flying all over the uh, the terminal. I think it was it was in New York, I think, but. Um, uh, I'm hoping tonight, I know that uh, two people uh, up in Sussex, one of them might have went to the meeting. One lady, uh, a third, is running against uh, our congressman. I think he's doing a great job. She's running in the primary against him. and that uh, She's running, a, his name is Gottheimer. And uh, I don't know yeah. her name. I think she was on the phone tonight, too. Uh, I think Gottheimer, uh, if you're going to be, um, if you're going to be a congressman in the 5th District, you have all those conservative towns uh, in uh, Sussex and Warren County, and even in parts of your area, you know, a little north of you. Uh, they, they hadn't elected a – closest to a Democrat was Marge Rockema, who was, uh, okay. became a, a, liberal, a liberal Republican, but uh, she had been a Democratic uh, councilwoman. Uh, oh, in Mawa – not Mawa, um, up county from you. And uh, she basically was fairly liberal on most issues. Uh, Garrett, conservative, he's now on the SEC. What a big mistake that is, because <laughs> that's going to go belly up. But um, I think that as a congresswoman, she would be in favor uh, of, of giving the immigrants a break. And I think that uh, Dadheimer, uh, you know, they're saying he votes 35% Republican. I don't know what that matters. And so if he takes a stand against this, it's the right thing to do. And for Republican uh, congressmen and, and senators, this is the right thing to do. You can do things to uh, manage immigration. Uh, you can be, but in the process, you can be more of a humanitarian or human in how you treat people. And um, that's that's our overall problem. We're divided by hate. I, uh, I'm doing an experiment with somebody that lives in Mexico, New York, uh, who's from my county. When I looked at the uh, town, it's, um, it's, it's a few miles from Lake Ontario. But uh, I, I didn't even know. Uh, I, I only thought of Lake Erie without looking at a map. But uh, this hard, sometimes you want to look at people and you say, how can these people who have virtually nothing, they're living, uh, you know, and it looks like shacks, what I see, uh, she was married to uh, a mailman in Newton. They almost lost their daughter this week. Um, I told her to go down and see her daughter. Um, but anyway, they're all Republicans. 
the women are they're not any religious group. I don't know. They're you know maybe uh, conservative Christians. Um, okay. And the husbands, the husbands all look like guys in the, you know blacksmiths and and guns. The whole town, and they're big, huge guys, and they some come t- times come all the way down to Sussex County. But uh, she criticizes everything. I told her not to criticize me on Facebook, but she goes on and criticizes. I, I let her go. I don't. I'm not going to beat on her. But uh, what, what, what else can you do? And our time together is that was uh, that went very quickly. Thank you for all the information, all the things to think about. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next uh, conversation, Bill. Thank you very much. Say hi to Hildy and your family. Have a wonderful evening, and thanks again. Take care, Hercules. You too. Before you go, how can people tap into what you're doing and if they want to uh, join you in your various crusades? Well, I'm really working hard on artificial intelligence. I've taken a couple of seminars uh, uh it was very interesting that book that we talked about. Um, yeah. But uh, doing that, I am uh, writing on this, this stuff. Uh, they can look for me. I'm going to run for office in Sussex County. Uh, trying to get tomorrow. Um, it's 2020. There should be a big turnout. But I'm going to make those issues issues on that and uh, how these guys have done nothing about living wage. Yes, there is now $15 an hour. But when you close your eyes, Hercules, next year, there'll be uh, auto, there'll be artificial intelligence all over the store. I know Walmart. it's joining uh, us, and you're one of the few people who is uh, anticipating uh, the types of uh, that I know anyway. That's uh, really on top of this. So uh, I want to develop a show just on that topic alone. So you and I will have a conversation uh, this weekend. We'll take it from there. I just got something. I want you and your listeners, if they can hear me, uh, go into. Uh, Go into Barnes and Nobles. On the shelf is a great book. Uh, I'm going to call it a journal by the New York Times on artificial intelligence and all aspects of it. Glossy cover, very thick. Uh, it's in the magazine section, but it's a great piece to look at. Thank you so very much, Bill. I will definitely look for it when I'm at Barnes and Noble, and I'm at Barnes and Noble very often. Take care. You have a good night. You too. We're going to listen to Brent Kerdorian's King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with Astrid, and we're going to cover the Sussex Report, the Four Elements, and the Domino Effect. Uh, I like Astrid. She's very ambitious and very on top of things.
Greetings and welcome back to the Elysium Project. Today is our Pride of Olympus crossover, but we're still on the path of public service. And I'm greatly honored to be ending today's journey with I... No, I'm sorry. We got our schedules changed. Uh, The Sussex Report and the Four Elements with Astrid. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. Greetings, Hercules, and hope all is well at your end. All is well on my end. Uh, Getting a little confused as the night goes on. (laughs) Uh, But but still, we're all blaming on Mercury retrograde, which started on Saturday. Well, I like Mercury, and Mercury plays a very important role in my life and work, so I won't blame it on anybody. There you go. There you (laughs) go. I'm going to add, before I even get into Sussex County, I'm going to add a little little bit to uh, Bill's uh, comments about the red flag law. Uh, First, I'd like to read something from um, Jackie Gordon, who is running for Congress, and she says, as a mom, I know what it's like to have your child's safety. Be the first thing on your mind when you wake up and the last thing when you go to sleep. You know, those concerns never stop. She was a combat veteran, so she says she knows about the serious training. Service members like herself went through in order to handle firearms. That can decide the life or death of another human being. And she knows what these weapons are capable of doing. So to her, gun safety is very important. And... She's saying that we can and we must do more to fix our country's gun violence epidemic, starting with universal background checks on all firearm sales. And she has a petition demanding that Mitch McConnell in the Senate move the law concerning common sense gun safety reform that was passed in the House and move it along now. That was passed a year ago with the House. And it would close all guns. Yes, a year ago, and it would close, as they said, uh, the um, the um, different little loopholes. And uh, so they're looking to push for the Senate to move on this. And I, I'm certain I sent the email to you because I flagged it here. So okay. that's one thing. And the other thing was that um, I had an article that I had also sent to you and to Bill about the red flag law and the extent that it has um, made people safe in the sense that they broke it down. This was in the paper statewide. It was in the Star-Ledger, and it was a breakdown of the Extreme Risk Protective Order Act that went into effect in, in New Jersey on September 1. They did it by county, and uh, the county with the highest amount of confiscated weapons was Ocean County. Really? I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. No, and I'll go through the counties. Atlanta County, and, and as Bill was stating, there's a temporary uh, a temporary holding of weapons, a protection order, and then there's a permanent one. It has to be very, very um, serious to be permanent. So in Atlanta County, temporary was one. The final was one. Bergen, temporary, 15. The final ended up being 10. That meant that they were permanent. Uh, Burlington, temporary 8, final 3. Camden, temporary 4, final 1. And that's all the people that talk about Camden being a hotbed of violence. Well, how about that? Cape May, temporary 6, final 2. Cumberland, temporary 2, final 1. Essex, temporary 9, final 4. Gloucester, temporary 11, final 9. Hudson, temporary two, final zero. 
Hunterton, temporary five, final four. Mercer, temporary four, final two. Middlesex, temporary 13, final six. Mamas, tem- temporary 14, final three. Morris, temporary eight, final four. Ocean, get ready for this number. Temporary okay. 48, 48. Ooh. Final 25. That's still a lot, even though it's a, yes. a little more than half. Passaic, temporary 22, final 11. Salem, temporary 1, final 1. Somerset, temporary 3, final 1. Sussex, temporary 12, final 6. That's higher compared to some of the other counties. Union, temporary 2, final 2. Warren, temporary 8, final 4. Total is 198 temporary and the final 100. I was surprised. Wow. I really was. There were counties that you thought that there would be an enormous number. And mm-hmm. as Bill mentioned, it's called an extreme risk protective order. Order. That's a T-E-R-P-O if it's temporary. There has okay. to, it has to be issued by a judge if there is good cause. Then a search warrant is, can be executed to retrieve their firearms, ammunitions, and their ID card. They're entitled to a hearing before a judge within 10 days. It can be finalized if the preponderance of the evidence shows that the person presents a danger, a clear danger to themselves or others. If there is a final order known as a FERPO is granted, it lasts indefinitely. But they can seek to have the order terminated at any time. So... Usually these, these are for people who have made threats and not just a verbal threat, something on a site, somewhere that it's documented that they are wishing harm to a group of people, uh, domestic violence situations where it has been already in a situation where there's been restraining orders. And you know as well as I do how often you read in the papers that there are people who have had restraining orders, and they've gone and they see their doll family. Anyway, right. so it's, it's frightening. But these, this is for a reason. It is not as one particular person in Sussex County I had an article and said something to the effect that, well, if I say something bad about Trump or this or that or someone, I don't want my weapons taken away from me. That's not how it's done. There has to be just cause. And it has to be a situation where you are do, uh, exhibiting situations of extreme violence, not just a little, you know, a little thing here. So enough of that. Let's get on to some interesting things about Sussex County. Well, that was interesting. That, that's a lot to think about and, and to weigh. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, the, what we say, we've said this on, on our, our blog before, it's all a matter of perspective. You can say it's your right, and yes, it is your right, until you show just cause that you can definitely be hurting someone. Right. And if you're talking constantly about things like this, not an off-the-cuff remark, and there's repetitive um, uh, proof you know, that you're doing this over and over, then there's justification. There is justification for removing a weapon, because we've seen over and over it's become way too commonplace now. So, so much for that. That's another side to it. 
Now, let's look at what's going on. Okay. A green teen, and we mean green, meaning green township. Isabel Costello, she was a 16-year-old student volunteer in Newton. She is one of two New Jersey winners selected for the Prudential Spirit of Community Awards, and this is given to middle and high school students. So I think that's amazing. She basically used to get things together with her family. She raised money for and and was given uh, money to vets focused on providing weekend meals and hygienic products for fellow students. That's wonderful. She's going to be honored with a trip to Washington, D.C. in May. She joins the other winners from each of the 49 states. And she was nominated by the Newton High School Administrator. Newton takes students from uh, different townships besides Newton. Uh, Andover, Andover Borough, there's a township in Borough, and Green. And she began this program as a freshman. It was called Weekend Bags. She would collect food, personal items, suitable for elementary and middle school children. They were, and deliverers would hand out about 100 bags to various schools within Sussex County. And on Fridays, the students would be selected. She didn't know who they would be. They were done by, the selections were done by the school nurse or the guidance counselors based on need. So it was very, very uh, anonymous. There was no embarrassment. They would, uh, she and her sisters and the mom would pick up donations and pack them together, and then they would be delivered. And uh, contacts were made with, don- with organizations. They approached their labs, which donated reusable comp- canvas bags that the students would bring home. And she, they noted that she spent about 15 hours a week in this project. Isn't that correct? Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. here we go. The domino effect also is for positive energy. You know, we see things that happen that are in a nice vein. Um, we have a boat, boat safety course that's done very often. And this is in, um, I think it's like a pack on. Yes, it is. It's on February 29th. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's a long stretch, isn't it? For further information and registration, you can contact the Boating Courses, G-A-U-X at gmail.com, and it is being held at the Hypacon Senior Center, 32 Lakeside Boulevard, Hypacon. There's a phone number. I will send that info to you. And there is the monthly shredding event at the Sussex County uh, Municipal Utilities, and that is between 9 and noon. That's always the third Fridays. It's the SCMUA on Route 94 in Lafayette. They charge by volume. It's about, I think, $6 a bag, no limit. And you can contact the – no, no limit. I guess you can go with tons of them and just pay $6 minimum charge a bag. And you can contact them, and there's a call number for that. Oh, I know. Some do have limits. But, you know, also um, the hospice, Karen and Quinlan Hospice does that, and they will be resuming theirs. They stop for the winter. And that's a $6 fee. And, again, the the fee is donated in that case to uh, hospice. And that's going to be in March. I think that's the second uh, Saturday. And, again, it's 9 to 12. But you can go on their site and also check it out. Also, Karen Ann Quinlan will be having their high tea, and that will be on February 23rd, and that is high tea for hospice at, at Lake Mohawk Country Club. 
You can contact Jennifer if you, you know, I'm sure there's still tickets. You can contact her and find out the price or if you want to get them. That's 973-383-0115, extension 106. I will pass that to you. And as you know, uh, mm-hmm. you have met Jennifer at the Butterfly yeah. Release. She is the special events person. She is magnificent. She yeah, is. she's a great person. She really, really is. And let's see what else we have here. There's something called Pause for Veterans. It is a Pause for Veterans Therapy Act. It's going to create a pilot program within the Department of Veteran Affairs to give vets access to service dog therapy. And this is our own rep, Mikey Sherrill, New Jersey, 11th District, delivering the house passage of this bipartisan uh, puppies-assisted wounded service uh, members. I think that's great. So it's H.R. 4305. It's a bill. It was passed at the house. What they're going to do now is bring it towards the, um, um, you know, to the Senate, and let's get it moving along. But this is wonderful. So she showed up. And she was talking about that she's a lead sponsor of this program, along with the author, Representative Steve Stivers from um, Ohio. So that's really great. Here's something that's really good. It will it will partner with nonprofit organizations working with veterans and service dogs. They will learn the art and science of training dogs. Upon completion of it, they may even adopt their dogs to provide continuing therapy. That's really wonderful. So it's great for people with PS, the PTSD. She said it creates bonds of trust and love. And, you know, there are a lot of wounds people don't see. Emotional wounds, psychological wounds, sometimes run deeper than the physical wounds. So it's nice to see that they had 300 co-sponsors for that bill. Bipartisan, too. That is awesome. How about that? Yes, that is. So good Are to see that. Is the bipartisan yes. being implemented uh, that's passing at this point? Because a lot of people are confused about that. Bipartisan means that both parties are working together. Partisan, Correct. just so people not someone, – someone else asked me this too. Uh, part, and it's good that people ask if they're not sure. Um, partisan means you are working only with, your, with one party. Bipartisan, right. you're working together. And the House did work together on this. So let's hope it moves along. And speaking of bipartisanship, uh, our Josh Godheimer from the 5th, mm-hmm. we talked about that between two seats. He also went to visit the Newton Firehouse Number 2. And he is encouraging the use of federal investment opportunities like the Assistance to Firefighters Grant uh, there's a lot of issues in terms of um, getting aid or knowing how to access aid. So he was there after that. This was after he was at the Between the Seats interview. <laughs> he went to Newton Firehouse Number 2 and mm-hmm. spoke with fire, the first responders and firemen. And he also met with local officials to encourage the departments to utilize the federal investment opportunities to help claw back more federal dollars to North Jersey. And he was joined by the mayor, the fire chief, and the, and the lieutenant. 
And it's great to see that there's someone here giving information on how to access the equipment and the resources they need to keep us safe and to have them do the job the way it needs to be done in a safe manner. That, that is incredible. And uh, um, I'm finding more and more groups of people that are kind of invisible, that are always involved in helping as yeah. much as they can. Right. So I've been yeah, focused on the. Well, that's more. just it. You know, there is you know, the domino effect. Is just like perspective. Yeah. In the sense that you you have to look at things from all sides. The domino effect can be negative, as we've seen with certain things, like with the environment, and then it can also be very positive. Then we see people, you know, pick up the slack and say, "Well, okay, it's this way, but what can I do?" to stop this domino of, of fi- financial problems or people trying to do things as volunteering and not being able to do the job they want to do or to do it safely. And speaking of Gottheimer and uh, also tying in what um, Bill was saying about uh, the freeholders, you can access freeholder meetings. They have them on video. So if you Google it, right. you know, Sussex County or any county's freeholder meetings, you can actually access the information. Some are by video. Some are just a little synopsis of what's happened or, happened, or written one. Um, I was a little disappointed to see that the Sussex County freeholders, and they're all Republicans. I'm saying this for a reason, because it shouldn't matter. But they are endorsing, excuse me, a unanimous endorsement. They're endorsing someone who is Republican, Frank Pallotta, who is going to be running for, well, he has to actually win the primary first. I, I, I'm pretty sure there are quite a few people running to, uh, to be in the, in the fifth district. So Godheimer actually has somebody running against him for the Democratic primary for that position in uh, November. And um, the Republicans have quite a few, but the Freeholders took it upon themselves to unanimously endorse this Frank Pallotta based upon the ballot question. This blows my mind. They're endorsing him because they want to put on the ballot a question in November in the county whether or not the sheriff should ignore, I like the way this is worded, uh, whether the sheriff should ignore Governor Murphy and the work of the, with the federal law enforcement. In other words, there is an immigration directive, and this is tied to federal law, federal law enforcement and funds. Mm-hmm. We have some county sheriffs and some townships and counties that, that want to have the local police involved as well. And I'm sure I heard from when I was listening, Bill mentioned something about that as well, you know, the issues of immigration. Um, yeah. I, I think it should be weird differently, personally, because this sounds very biased. Whether the sheriff should ignore, it's not the sheriff's job to do this. Again, federal law enforcement, federal funds. It has nothing to do with local or county. And that's why the governor said no. But the freeholders want it to be yes. 
and this Frank Pallada that they're endorsing, this is a big thing because he feels that, you know, we should be allowed to do this and the sheriff should be allowed to do his job. Well, the sheriff has his duties and the federal law enforcement with immigration has theirs. But Mm -hmm. what bothered me is this particular person that they're endorsing called Gottheimer a do-nothing representative in Congress. Why? Excuse me. Excuse me. I can remember last, the last time I was on the blog last week, and I read off all the things that Gottheimer has done. Yes. For the community, by, voted the most bipartisan person, newcomer, up there <laughs> in Washington. I should say down there. We're up there in Sussex County. I find it very hard that someone should call him a do-nothing representative and this person's going to make it all right on one little thing. Uh, I'm really quite bothered by that remark because Gottheimer is very bipartisan and works with both parties to do what he feels is by the law and what he can do to bring back money and grants and everything for for his people, whether it be Sus and he covers Sussex County, Warren County, parts of Bergen County, and um, parts of Passaic County, Republicans and Democrats. And as stated as is between the chair last week, he does this for all. He doesn't look at the party. He's taking care of people and people that have needs as he did in Vernon Township at, with, the, with the dumps and nothing happened for how many years, as he did with the power outages, um, I would not call that a do-nothing representative. Poor choice of words. Yes, I, I've gotten um, – you have been keeping on top of, uh, you know, what Gottheimer has been doing um, and over uh, time, we've heard different opinions uh, by guests on the show, but they never have anything concrete, where he always presents uh, concrete uh, things that he has done or he's doing. And it's very easy. You go to Ballotpedia, which we always say, uh, it's B-A-L-L-O-T-T-P-E-D-I-A, it gives you all facts. Facts. How, what he's done, his background, anyone. You can punch anyone in. And um, you will see what bills they have presented, how they've reacted to certain things, um, what their voting records have been. That's how I found out about his predecessor, David, right. which is not too much of anything. So, um, and that was 14 years. And in in a few years, three years, this man has done a tremendous amount, and I'm happy to see he answers the phone, he gets in contact with you, and if it's important to you, it's important to him. So, you know, and and it's not a matter of of, um, me campaigning for him or anything. No, it's about the fact that if someone's representing me and they're within this county, I would like to know what they're doing. Right. So uh, I'm happy to say he's uh, he's bipartisan. He's working for all. Thank you, Josh Gottheimer. And then let's get to some of the things that are a little frightening, you know, because uh, calling someone a little name and saying this and that, you know, it's not nice. It really isn't. And it's too bad 
that it's gotten that way in this country, the name calling. And as we have said, if it's allowed the top, then it's going to go all over the place. But um, looking at uh, responsibility and code of ethics and code of conduct, you can go to Daily Cost and you could read about what happened with Bill Barr's role as Attorney General. And the definition of his role as Attorney General is, General is to defend fair, impartial, and equal justice for all Americans. Well, we just saw a major in- intervention here on behalf of Trump's friend, Roger Stone. And it's obvious yeah. he intends to use the Department of Justice, the DOJ, as a tool to aid him. There is no question in the sense that very rarely people get impeached. It has to be a really unbelievable thing. But there is a line between private sector and public sector, which we bring up often here. Yes, Because what is allowable in business, the private sector, which is a profit, that's a profit-making thing, and usually somebody that's running and has their own vested interests. And the public sector, which is not a profit and is supposed to be representative for all, or most at least, it's not happening. And that is why there was a hearing. When there was no vote to bring witnesses or to censure, just to say, listen, play by the rules of public sector. Now it's total free reign. And the observation is, well, 1,100 former Justice Department lawyers are raising concern and calling for Barr's resignation because of the threat to their administration of justice. So what happened? Federal prosecutors recommended sentencing longtime Trump associate Roger Stone from seven to nine years in prison. Trump tweeted this was unfair. First of all, he's not really supposed to get involved with this. Uh-huh. Hours later, General William Barr, Attorney General, intervenes in the case, instructing the DOJ to overrule the prosecutors and reduce the sentence. All four of the U.S. attorneys who signed on to the sentencing resigned saying mm. there is no way they can work in a department when they're just totally disregarded and not even being listened to. It's just like the scientists at the same parallel. Scientists that are given studies to do, they do the research, totally negated by the EPA. So they resigned. He went back to Twitter again. He mocked the prosecutors, threatened to bring charges against them, spreading lies and conspiracy theories about them, their connections to Mueller and accusing Mueller of lying. And I don't know. He, uh, Barr has even given up pretending to be the top law enforcement officer at this point because he has, uh, NBC News reports that he has control of legal matters of personal interest to the president. And that includes persecution of Trump's enemies, such as former acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, and protecting allies such as Roger Stone and Michael Flynn. Wow. Since when does an an attorney general who is there to uphold justice and the law for all become 
a private hatchet man for the president's likes and dislikes. You know, it's sounding more and more like some of these countries that we have actually gone to war with or sent troops into because of inhumane behavior. We live in dangerous times, and uh, this is uh, an age of heroes. It's uh, challenging us right. to do what we can to bring forth our best. We don't have right. to other people. We don't have to uh, lower ourselves, uh, you know, below our standards. Exactly. And exactly. And, and, and the thing, the domino effect is that people are starting to react. Since when would you see all these lawyers resigning? You know, prosecutors saying enough. You know, we can't do our job. Um, I can't even get into some of the things I wanted to get into about the economy and the budget and jobs and some of the horrors I found in terms of, of um, facts related to the jobs. Uh, we'll well, tie that in the next time because it's unbelievable. But we will say, again, private sector, public sector, two separate yes. things. And, and when you are in the public center section, you are not allowed to profit from it. You are supposed to sever your ties. So here we have investigations because an oversight committee is looking into the account of fees paid to the president's private company for the Secret Service. $650 a night per room at Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club in Palm Beach. Charged 17000 a month for a cottage the agents use as Trump's bed minister club. He still owns these companies. You're not supposed to. This is illegal. So why is nothing being done about it? Mysteries and further more. Thank yes. you yes. very much, Astrid, for caring and for uh, being on top of everything and for sharing. And I look forward to our next uh, conversation. Most definitely. May you have a wonderful evening. May Athena have a most marvelous birthday coming up. Yeah, tomorrow. Mm, here we go. And uh, may all our listeners have a great night. And a great rest of the week. And I second that. Thanks to all who've listened and who've accompanied us on this uh, journey. And we look forward to mm. having you back today. Joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Most definitely. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.